0: What kind of preposterous thing is that to have a a, a sports bottle? It's, it goes on my bike. Did you did you cycle here? Yeah, all the way, all no, the you way didn't. from Didsbury to Woodford. No, you didn't. You brought a suitcase for, <laughs> for recording equipment, and you That's must be only problem. Well, with okay. it, the water, fine. Why is it in a sports bottle? Because for some reason he feels like he, this isn't the most energetic part but, of his day. And it's the way that he put it right in the middle of the table, yes, so I couldn't miss it.
1: Well, in case I decide to hit the gym on the way home, <laughs> he says <laughs> something is hitting, hitting Steve. I'm not sure it's the gym. This is a <laughs> this is a this is a, a bike a bike mm. bottle. It goes it goes in
0: in the but little. Surely you would have bike your, cage your bike. on the bike frame. But if your bike was here, that that would be fine. <laughs> if you if you haven't brought your bike, but you've brought the sports bottle that goes with your bike, you're making an incredible effort to highlight your athleticism.
1: Mm. No, it's
0: just no point
1: having multiple different water bottles for all the variety of occasion that life...
0: But I, throws at you. But I know you well enough to know that that will be put down somewhere and the next time you're on your bike it will be not on your bike because you've forgotten where you put it down. I leave it in radio studios all the time. <laughs> there we go. But do you carry it as a statement so when people see you and then see
2: that
1: bottle they think there's a man who takes I'm care I'm hoping of that they'll look at the bottle and think mm-hmm. there goes an athlete
0: and they'll ignore the uh, <laughs> they'll look expanding at the <laughs> girth of my stomach. <laughs>
2: so is this
0: water with like electrolytes just to keep your, your tor- just, muscles Just fueled? because it says electrolytes on it doesn't Only- mean that they're are electrolytes
1: only if they're putting electrolytes in the tap water in South Manchester? Yeah, so you're keeping yourself well hydrated, absolutely, it's very it's important. important. Yeah, it other is, people yeah. could maybe,
0: yeah, talking yeah. of which ones, you know, I'm, I'm a little bit drinkless here. Do you want me to get you a drink? I, I, what would you like? You have, have you got a refill? Do you want me to put it in a sports bottle? Or? <laughs> oh, he spat <laughs> it out. Oh, <laughs> lovely. <laughs> Incapable drinking. This reminds me of I'm Rory Smith's attempts to eat a strawberry. Uh, so somebody has to have some sort of malfunction when it comes to <laughs> inhaling or imbibing some sort of food. Now he's coughing... The man is not an athlete. He's coughing at being unable to drink water. Considering this is a football
1: podcast in which we are supposed to also be able to simultaneously consume food and drink, we do seem to run up to a few problems. A lot of people do
2: now carry just plain water bottles to show that they're drinking water during the day they don't
0: don't put a glass of water
2: no but then to take it on to putting that water in a sports bottle is taking it just and I'm, I'm better than that I'm not going to think you're over analyzing don't we people, are, Steve.
1: people don't drink water as a status they do thing, you know they do They do, they (laughs) have massive They do, they wander around with
2: these
0: massive bottles of water Saying, look at me, I'm hydrated um, I'm
2: sure they do on purpose
0: What are those those, um, sleek looking Bottles of water that you get A flask? um, No, 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 at hotels That that you know you're at a fancy hotel If you've got one of these bottles of water, what are they called? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah I don't know what they're called.
1: Is it a <laughs>
2: bottle of water? <laughs>
0: what an excellent story this is, then.
1: You are talking about Voss. Voss, and yes. So, so yeah. we and have you never, ever stay in a hotel
0: <laughs> that is nice enough for that's there to be a why. bottle of Voss left that's in the why, room, by the way. That's why I didn't know what it was called, <laughs> honestly. But there's a, there's, there's a boss at the BBC that Steve and I have who, who has a bottle of Voss refilled each and every day. So that if you're talking about next level, are they glass that's or next plastic? level. Uh, they can be both, and he takes it to work and plops it, it plucks down. It so you down. Can see it. And he, I must admit, he is fairly convincing you, in his athletic prowess. You should only
1: reuse good quality bottles.
0: Mm. Which sort of that is not. That is a good no, quality bottle. Apparently,
2: you have to. You should change them, like you should change yeah. your your running shoes. Every six months, you shouldn't
0: use that for, like, years on end. Is that why I've got bad knees? Because I haven't changed my running shoes for about 12 years. No, because... because you, no, it's you, you f- can't run. <laughs> you can't run and you've got okay. a terrible body. This is Set Piece Money, the <laughs> podcast where normally four friends talk football over food. Today, however, and for the first time, there are only three. I am Hugh Ferris, presenter for BBC Sport. Steve Wyeth is a commentator for BT Sport. Annie Hinchcliffe is a seven-time England international and pundit with Sky Sports. And Rory Smith is not here. What? (laughs) Is this the first you're
1: learning about this? Have you not noticed the empty chair?
0: Oh, wait a minute. He's not here. Whether it's because he's embarrassed about his eating of a strawberry on the last podcast or alternatively furious with me for banging on about American sports over and over again, he is unable uh, to be with us. And... um, in memoriam, uh, Rory, uh, we had a little while ago on Radio 4 a programme about uh, Homer's Odyssey. So we thought that even though you're not here, at least we can reflect some of your expertise. That, unfortunately, has been turned off because it was too loud in the background. It's the kind of, it's the kind of thing we listen to or, and or you in get the history distracted, of the household. You? I,
2: I'm very interested in that type of thing.
1: Well, you, you, can't, you can't really go into a former international footballer's house without having to turn off Radio 4 before you can have a conversation. Well,
2: I'm not sure that's completely true, but certainly that's what it's like in my household. The, the Iliad's everywhere, isn't
0: it? <laughs> the Iliad's everywhere. So yes, we are here at uh, Andy's house. We are just a stone's throw from the famous architect Dave Jones, mm. who uh, who lives uh, not only on your Wikipedia page, but also that Which way.
1: Because I've noticed a for sale board has gone up outside yes. one of your neighbours' house. Is that Dave Jones? Is he no. moving away in shame? No, no. Dave Jones's house, the famous architect Dave Jones, that is, is actually connected to my house. Oh, really? I, I Can
2: he,
0: he hear us? Uh, it, or is it's, it's probably listening in. You've yeah, got a glass yeah. against
2: the wall yeah. right now. Yes. Um, we need to get to the bottom of this it's, it's, it's a strange situation well it?
0: Dave if you're listening with a glass against the wall perhaps you could uh, explain you would have no doubt smelt the delightful breakfast that was cooked for us uh, by Nikki Hinchcliffe and Steve has for the first time been introduced to and turned down avocado you're a bit too um, old-fashioned to be having avocado at this time of the day aren't you
1: why am I the only person who's seemingly not allowed to have preferences over food
2: mm. but do you not like avocado in anything
1: or is it just for breakfast but chicken
2: and avocado sandwiches? No, no avocado why, why would a you do that? Sal- what, what's wrong with just having chicken? Why would you, you, <laughs> well, why would you, you have to put have have avocado with it? Because it's a, the perfect combination. A bit like us three in this podcast, without roaring. <laughs> the perfect combination. Do you not like it in salads,
0: avocado? No. no. Would you like to explain it's, it's, it has a reputation as something of a superfood, isn't it? Avocado is very good for you. It is very good for you, yes. That's and as an athletes,
2: athlete, and it great.
0: You should be able to tell another athlete, yes, as a fellow athlete, as evidenced by his by the, water the bottle, water yes, bottle yes. that avocado would be an excellent part of your diet. Yes, but if you don't like the taste in it. It's a bit of a problem, isn't it? You
1: see, I know that bananas are good for me, but I don't like bananas. And black I'm not about to. Well, that, well that black
0: pudding is not good for you. You turned down black pudding on a text before even got into the house, so there was no black pudding in sight. Uh, do you like? Do you like black pudding? I'm all right. No, but do you like it or not? All right, thanks. Uh, there are plenty of ways <laughs> to get right, in I touch. <laughs> See,
1: I told you I'm the only one who's
0: not allowed to like food. <laughs> I sat on the fence and waited for Steve to basically kibosh that whole idea because I knew he would. It meant that I didn't have to have an opinion. Uh, yes, yeah, so the ways to get in touch with Set Piece Menu are uh, many and all simple at Set Piece Menu on Twitter and also we have an email address, Menu at gmail.com. Um, please do review via iTunes. You can rate there too. You subscribe, of course, on iTunes and also tell your friends reviews are essentially our currency they make us look good they send us higher up the charts they are to us gold dust so even if you don't particularly like us and you want to lie for a living go onto to itunes and please review us and we've had some and they have been fairly glowing but i think they're all from family members we just need more the more the merrier really. If I could ask you to do that then I don't feel bad about asking you to do a second thing which is to vote for us in the listener award at the British Podcast Awards. Now you can do this online and you can do it at British Podcast Awards or one word dot com slash votes. You just click on the listener award, just start typing in set piece menu into the box that is there for you and vote you have until the end of April. And just to paint a little picture about uh, the country lifestyle into which Andy Hinchcliffe is inserted himself since being a Premier League and professional footballer. Three horses have just passed four. the house. Was it four horses? Four, four horsemen not of the apocalypse. Of the apocalypse. <laughs> if if <laughs> we were Apocalypse. <laughs> apocalypse. <laughs> the apocalypse. That would be less Bramwell, more Hattersley if I said that.
2: Apocalypse. You sound like a male version of Claire Balding on Ramblings. Mm-hmm. Is it Just kind of telling everybody what's going on around the weather and the clouds and the horses going past the house.
0: Claire Balding and I shared a, uh, an office for the last week because she was presenting the um, World Track Cycling Championships at uh, BBC no, Media no, no, City No, 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 You Silford, were in
2: Claire Balding's
0: office. And I happened to be in the same room, so there we go. And? Uh, well, in a Venn diagram of Claire Balding and I, that central part is fairly large, what did you have let in me common? put it that way. What did you have in common? Talent. <laughs> <laughs> ability <laughs> and geographical location over the last what few days. You they, were bo- they
1: were both keeping a curious eye over the cycling.
0: Each week we settle back with stomachs full and caffeine running through our veins to discuss just one footballing subject. Then when it's clear we've been sufficiently vague about a conclusion, we ask Andy to tell us a tale from his playing days that we like to call Nevermind Jackanory, What a Soccer Story. I understand from one of our delightful emailers that Jack Jackanory is not something that travels particularly beyond the shores of the UK.
1: We also had somebody on Twitter who got in touch to say that there was a conversation going on amongst people of a certain age in his office and they were re- reflecting on, on on childhood television programmes and Jack Anori came up yep. and he said all he could think of was Chinch's soccer story. So we've actually well, overtaken Jack Anori as an institution within the minds of some people. To be fair, that wasn't my idea. Hugh, that was your idea, wasn't it? So I, I do
2: take the sadly for take the credit give you take the credit. For it. It. I'll take the credit for that, yes. I'll me, do
0: anything to alliterate or rhyme, frankly. It's the only things I'm capable of doing. But mm. what would Be beautiful if one day you were able to present Jack and Ori on CBBC. That would be, I'd like you know, a leather wing back chair I could yeah. wear. A velvet jacket, be by the fireside. But I'd,
2: I'd want to tell my own stories. I don't want to read like a rolled Dahl book, do I? I you want could to read tell the, a Roald not the Dahl Southall story. Or you could, would,
0: no, could get talk a lot book. about naked footballers. So you know hmm, what would be possibly. more relevant? Probably Roald. Well, Dahl it is. Time, it, it, it is
1: now the the, the, the modern equivalent. The C B bedtime story for those oh. of you who have children is the last thing. On CBBS before they shut down at seven o'clock in the evening, about five five to seven in the evening. Um, I reckon a chapter from your autobiography that would mm, send most uh, most young children off to sleep, uh, wouldn't it?
2: The Neville Southall triple pursuit
0: board story. They they, would give them (laughs) nightmares. Thankfully, we have not been able to do that story, and we will just leave it as the triple pursuit (laughs) Neville Southall story. Because frankly, any more information than that, not only children but everybody would be completely offended. So, on today's pod, we have to choose an issue to talk about that we can confidently make our way through without the intellectual clarity of a Cambridge educated wordsmith. Uh, So here goes, guys. Which ideas should football steal from other sports? So, for example, goal line technology uses the same ideas as Hawkeye and cricket, and of course, tennis prior to that, too. You've got squad numbers and names that came from across the Atlantic. For example, playoffs have very successfully been adopted in the Football League. Uh, That was an idea that football stole. So, some are commercial, some are cosmetic, some are based actually on improving the competition. But should football look elsewhere with a little bit of jealousy? and maybe pilfer an idea or two. Steve can start us off, mainly because despite several warnings about the topic, Chinch is probably only thinking about it now for the first time. What topic? Exactly. So, Steve, if you wouldn't mind um, opening the door to this world of debate.
1: Well, football's popularity globally, commercial success, it would be easy, wouldn't it, to just feel like, well, football's clearly got things right, and other sports should be looking to what they can learn from football. But there is, I suppose, the obvious one that we've never been able to... to quite adopt in fact I'm not sure we ever will but perhaps Andy as a former player could could give some insight is there any way that footballers will ever embrace the same attitudes towards officials that we see in both codes of rugby, particularly rugby union, the, the, the yes sir, no sir, three bags full sir mm-hmm. or will it always be a snarling Jack and eye <laughs> 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 will it always be that snarling eye bulging, sort of angry almost disrespect that you get between yeah. between, between so players is res- and referees yeah, in football. Is respect- is it, this is the thing, does, does football
2: make the players behave like this or are they it's society so these lads are coming into the game and behaving like this I absolutely agree that's why I love watching rugby and the way that they treat the referees in fact you've got someone at 6 foot 5 Paul O'Connell talking to a, a 5 foot 7 referee calling him mm. sir and there's that respect and the person well, it's always been there so that's always going to carry on football can't do that football can do that but again, how, where do you even start? I'm sure the referees would appreciate it, but it has to come from the players and it has to come from the clubs. So where do you even start to change players' attitudes on the pitch? Surely it has to change in society first. But there's no tactical there's advantage,
0: change. is there, to, to, for players doing this? They never get a referee to change their mind. They simply just use it to vent. Yeah, so the thing there's, thing there's no referee, at referees. There's no benefit it's, it's, it's to just, it. Yeah. You yeah, can talk about players being uh, aggressive with their tackling, for example, and say, mm. "Oh, you don't want to take that out of their game because it wouldn't make them the player that they are." Mm. But but that there is no, there is no benefit to be gained from it. So why couldn't you? Well, well it's mind
1: it's, a mind, it. It. it's mind games. Yeah. The angrier you appear to be about a decision, the more you put doubt in the referee's mind that he got it right, and perhaps he might think, "Oh, I'll balance it up later on in the game." Or, that's true. You I think th- referees th- there's, there's There can surely be no other explanation for how seriously a player would contest a decision knowing that the referee isn't going to change his mind Mm. other than to strongly make the point that you've got this wrong and you owe us one further down the line.
2: I'm not because it's like the, the appeals for like throw-ins when they clearly yeah. know. I, I've done it myself, and I'm thinking, well, so why do why? why? why did I don't do know it? because it's it's, it's the done thing. exactly. It's the done thing. It's instinctive, and it's it's what we all do. But that doesn't make it right, and that's why. Again, how do you change that? I have to change as a player. The modern players have to change the way that they go about the job and the way that they see and treat the referee. But that surely starts away from the game. It has to start in the clubs in the dressing rooms and out in real life they have to change the way that they see the world and then take that respect that they have onto the field but it's been talked about so many times hasn't it how do we treat referees how can we change how we treat them Nothing has changed
0: But were you doing it When you were a young player When you were playing In your early teens For example And mm-hmm. getting the Getting the sense That you were a serious player And you were going to be successful Because um, It would have been I would imagine Clear to everybody At that, at that it, point it That you were massively was. talented Yeah yeah But yeah. did you Did you almost reflect The success that you were having By becoming more and more Obnoxious on the field No the sounds... Can we stop kids from doing it Well I, I, I
2: took my lead from the, the, the senior pros that I played under when I was 16-17 when you come into a, a club like Man City and you, the, the senior players that you deal with you see how they mm-hmm. behave and that's the way that they were behaving so you feel to be part of that world not just the actual playing of the game but the, your attitude on the field as well you kind of mirrored what they were doing because you felt well if they're doing it at 32 I, I should maybe be doing it at 16-17 but that's again there's got to be this change hasn't it? and it's, it's a huge change whether it would would the game be better for it? Does it actually massively affect the game? the referees will say it's True. really unpleasant to be shouted at like that. But do you think if, if there was that change and we had that kind of rugby attitude in football, would would the game, the way the game is played, change? Would would the results change? Would would players play any better for kind of keeping it all in a little bit and actually saying, I've, I, I shouldn't be doing these things and, and, and treating the officials like
1: this? There's got to be a better focus for aggression, though, hasn't there? There's got to be a better channeling of of the intensity of your performance. There's nothing more aggressive than than playing
2: rugby and you see these big lads smashing into each other as soon as the referee's whistle goes and he starts talking everything else is put on the back burner so you're thinking that's a more aggressive game than football so in rugby they can do it, they can be very aggressive and and be combative but then suddenly when the whistle goes they change, their attitude I know they have these dust-ups and referees just let them get on with it and they have a punch-up or two but 90% of the time they do stop and listen to the referee so
1: it can be done, can't it? And of course, a lot of it comes down to the fact that the referee indicates when he wants to communicate with the players. Mm. And only. And my understanding is that only really the captain of either side is allowed to approach the referee. They, and and they even that in, and in football, in football, started football started to recently. bring yeah, the, spring, the but, captain but, over. Yeah. It doesn't work. It doesn't no. work. <laughs> and uh, and you, you sort of started... This element of the debate Andy by sort of Well is it a, Is it a top down Or a bottom up mm. Kind of thing Well we often accuse Footballers don't we Well we, we say that That top flight footballers Are role models And therefore They get an awful lot of grief If perhaps they do something That we think Would then be reflected In the way that children Play their football On the playground Whether that's That's diving Or overly aggressive play Or you know Perhaps Disrespectful celebrations we, We'd say Well they're role models They shouldn't be doing that mm. Well Actually, by by the converse, perhaps they could be role models in another way. And if we started this at the top and said, right, Premier League level, Champions League level, international football, only the captain was allowed to communicate with the referee, that they showed a great deal more respect, that, you know, the referee's whistle was absolutely, you know, the, the most important factor in terms of controlling the play, then perhaps that would filter down.
2: Wasn't there occasions where the referees were given these powers that if, if people, you, players used bad language against them, they could send them off? It, you can clearly see, you can literally pretty use some of the language that is used towards referees, and no one ever seems to get punished for it. So do you think the referees should be taking so a stronger s- stance? Several or so clampdowns say, that If you failed, send off it's five like players, a in the actually, box. Actually, we've mentioned this before, yeah, haven't we? You've but got if to down on it verbally and be abuses consistent. you. It's to your face, and we can see that happening. If the referee says, That's a red card, you're off. Do you think the referees would be criticised for that and not the players? And we're saying it should be the players behaving differently. But I do feel the referees would still get it in the
1: neck for doing the right thing. Well, I've dropped the bombshell previously on this podcast of having where? been a trained oh, different football oh, yeah. referee during my my younger years. And I refereed an awful lot of youth team football. I never really had any sort of problem with... And it was generally players between the ages of sort of 12 and 17 with the games that I refereed. <laughs> never really had any problem whatsoever with aggression or or verbals from from players of that age, so that would give, lead you to believe that it's not something that's ingrained into them from from early on. And the one and only time that a player, a young player, did swear at me, I sent him off. Yeah. So I'm presuming. How, he's was feud, well, <laughs> how was that viewed How was that viewed? Not very well by the parents. <laughs> the they parents on the touchline were absolutely, absolutely in exactly the because <laughs> they hadn't seen it before but i had previously warned him about it we had been told by the the local authorities that they didn't want to see you know this was in the home counties northern hampshire they didn't want to see swearing on the football pitch and that it it should be something that we dealt with with a red card, I'd love to see you referee in the Premier League. Do you know what? Thing. You would be amazing. Wouldn't do you know what? Eh? The paperwork.
2: There'd
0: be nobody is. left on the pitch, to be honest. But with that, with that, with that the, the sports flowing through his Well, no, no. Because
1: I'd need, i need a watch on each arm. I'd need my goal line technology yeah. um, indicator, yep. wouldn't I? Car, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't a have General, a the general <laughs> at least two whistles, as well, yeah. <laughs> which I have. <laughs> <laughs> but do you, do you know what? The paperwork that comes with having to show a yellow or a red
0: card. But that, in, that can't U- be an excuse football. to not oh, do it. God, it That's agonising. Terri- that fo- football referees have have enough paperwork to do already. They, yeah. they wouldn't mind. But you're right. This, this needs to be bottom up, and so maybe in a generation's time. No, top down, it needs to be top down. Yeah, well, like, if it's going to last long term, you need it. You need a whole generation of young footballers to then grow up and be the kind that don't do it, or have been told that they won't, that they're not going to do it. Because you might be able to stop it short term, yeah, yeah. top down. Yeah. But from the bottom up, you need to ingrain a different. A different way of Because I'm saying
2: rugby, the, the, if you're seen to behave differently, you're actually ostracised by the, your own players or the opposition players. If you abuse a referee or you talk back, it's it's just such a no. because the culture of the game, it's not just this, this one um, set of circumstances we're talking about, it's, it's around the whole game. This is how we play the game. So if you don't do this you're not right, you're
0: absolutely wrong because we're all right and this is how rugby is played. So let's move that on and take take that as, as, as a, a launching point for the second thing, um, which is slightly more intangible, um, but it's something that I think I see in other sports and I wonder whether football has ever had it and if it does it might be in certain circumstances and not game wide this feeling of team spirit and letting your side down if you do something that either gets you sent off whether it's swearing or whatever or mm. a tackle or missing chances or just that feeling of togetherness and the sense of the greater whole there is a selfishness in football which is something that we spoke about very recently on the last podcast about having fun and joy and it not being necessarily about that because of the money that's involved but you look at um for example, if you ever watch any documentary of any NFL team, oh, you off will Steve. see... Steve. Off again. I knew this. NFL. <laughs> Here we go. A new NFL was going to get... Go on, carry on. This is
1: the first of three I've got you from said, NFL. Oh, the <laughs> sport, we, the minute meant. we decided we were going to talk about ideas that oh. we could borrow or steal from other sports... This, we could have Straight predicted away. You might,
0: you might as well just had a subtitle What can football steal from the NFL I was
2: expecting the, the barbecues in the car park That type of thing More hot dogs at Premier League games oh, Some, ta- some I, tailgating yes, yes I don't yes.
1: think anybody would say that that's Anyway bad Back to your very got, valid point a roster of 50 Premier League players. footballers by the way We think tailgating was just sticking <laughs> really closely To the person in front <laughs> on the M6 they call, <laughs> it, <laughs> they call it pressing in football
0: um, So you've got, you've got 53 players Some of which don't actually Enter the field to play at the same time as the other as, as the, how you know, many you, players? You've got fifty three on an NFL roster. What? And you've got you've got the defense. Not even Chelsea would the, have fifty three <laughs> players in There now, might 40 there? 40 be forty. on loan. Fifty three. So you've got fifty three players, and that's that's pretty much double the size of a, of a Premier League squad. And you and you get the sense that there is a a great togetherness and a sense of a, more than the constituent parts. And again, I repeat that these are players that don't take to the field at the same time as each other completely. The defense, the special teams and the offense they they might not necessarily even train with each other they might not necessarily know each other they might know their name really? but have never really actually spent any time with these people and yet they get round in a huddle and you sense that there is a greater thing that they are going for why why, why is football not like that or why do we get the impression that football doesn't have that overarching sense of team spirit which is Quite inspirational for a lot of other people. Well, I was speaking to, uh, funnily enough, speaking to a friend of mine yesterday who was who was in
2: conversation with a, a current manager who's in the, the English Championship, and he was saying exactly the same thing in terms of how footballers see the job that they do and how they're becoming. It's, it is all about them. It's not very. It's not about the team. It's not about a sense of team spirit. And he said th- this manager was saying how difficult it's become in the time that he's been managing five or six years. The change because you're seeing players get into their 30s and then retire, and there's a whole new wave of younger people coming into the game. It's say the early and mid-twenties, the way that they see themselves as the most important thing, they have all this badge kissing kind of stuff as well, but actually when it boils down to it it, the the, the actual togetherness is, is lost You've basically got a is collection it, of individuals. That is that's how the players. Well, no, 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 right? no, no, not at all. No, was, this guy was talking about English players as well. So it's nothing to do with the foreign players coming in and changing the dynamics. He was saying that this is generally how younger footballers, this generation that's coming through now, see themselves. It is all about themselves, and whatever team they, play, they don't really feel part of, 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 the, of the whole. It's very much about them, and it's harder to manage someone clearly who's in it for themselves because you hope everyone would pull together and be a team, like you'd likely do in the NFL. <laughs> in the um, NFL. But, in the EFL It isn't quite the same Apparently, <laughs> That must be very difficult Because again In terms of how you manage You think well you just do the same For everybody Apparently now You have to be it's So specific in terms of Players' characters But generally He was saying The change is, is incredible Because players Do just look after themselves
0: And you're only going to be successful Surely If you end up being greater Than some of your parts Because there are a lot of Good players around And they are spread amongst Particularly the Premier League teams Because a lot of them have money mm. So the thing that's going to get you again it's intangible but the thing that's going to get you over the line that's going to get you to being better than those other teams who have the same amount of money to spend so is by being so it's by having that intangible part to so lift you So where do the Americans get this from then is it, is it cultural? why, why, do, the, why come, do the teams feel like this? It can come from a, um, a, a sense of historical place so you might be playing for a franchise that's incredibly famous like contractual mention of Sir Alex Ferguson he would always educate players coming into Manchester United about the history of the club mm-hmm. and about how it's incredibly important that they give themselves up to the history of the club and that they respect that and they understand what role that they are playing um, in the larger context of the club um, and then you take it back to the beginning of their careers and often it's high schools who are their community their entire uh-huh. community is that the, the relationship between the high school and the community is so strong because that is the thing that lifts them again above their geographical area so you might be a, a high school in texas but you might be known throughout texas okay. because of your football team and the other thing is religion as well because quite a lot of the the colleges and the high schools are religious schools and so they can come together they pray and they they find a way of expressing mm. it that way
1: I'm surprised, in some ways, though, that this this idea is is being motivated by American sport, in which there is so much money at the the top level. Because the, the sense would be that the reason maybe that football doesn't have that same sort of unity team spirit that perhaps other sports do in in the UK would be that you know if you're earning hundred thousand pound a week, win, lose or draw, and it's going to be your name on the back of the shirts so that are getting sold in the club shop, I can see where that sense of entitlement comes from. Whereas perhaps in rugby and cricket where yes there is still you know good money to be made but success is much more individual success is much more dependent on the success of the team isn't it you, you're not going to have the same disparity in wages between the top the top players and the the junior members as in in those sports as you would have in football whereas surely in in the NFL in the in, in the NBA in basketball lesser extent ice hockey perhaps there is huge amounts of money at stake in terms of the, the, the worth of, of contracts for the top players. So how do those, you, you know, how do they, that, 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 that key, the key player within that franchise, how do they retain this sort of humility of being a, a team person the when, though, when, it?
0: when they're earning yeah. tens of millions of dollars also a year. Because no player in the NFL can succeed without the team. And that's one of those. But
1: you could have the same argument about, about soccer, but it doesn't seem to. You
0: could, but if a player was brilliant, if you're a Lionel Messi, you can run rings about around every play. You get the ball from the goalkeeper and you can run, 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 run and you can score. You can do it on your own. Yes, it's an extreme example. But. Tom Brady, the most famous and most successful current player in the NFL, not only did he take a pay cut and has consistently done so to fall within the salary cap boundaries to allow other uh, money money to be spent on other parts of the team to improve the team around him, but also he says, I cannot succeed without the team. If he throws a perfect pass and the receiver doesn't catch it, they don't go 15 yards down the field. If his offensive line doesn't protect him from the rushing defense, he's He's going to get get sacked. So he, even though he is the most, the stellar name of the NFL, and he has won more than anybody else playing the game currently he still needs the team to succeed but you could say that the selfishness that comes from yeah. soccer yeah, but it's still the
2: same. Is still because the you, yeah. can you can do it on your
0: own or at least you can but think then, you but can then it but then I think there's, there's teams
2: that get relegated and I'd, I've been in a team that, that was relegated at Sheffield Wednesday and I got the feeling that the players were kind of oh we'd be relegated but anyway I think they'll probably be a, they, they don't really feel it because if, if they felt it we probably would have had a better chance of staying up but once they get relegated, they very quickly say, "Well, the team's got relegated, but
1: I'll be all right because I can move." So very quickly. But again, that's down to character, isn't it? Yeah, that's a, a, a mentality thing. You know, I, I take the point about Tom Brady, but you know, Cristiano Ronaldo will will feel as though, well, providing the crosses of a sufficient quality, he'll put the ball in the back of the net. It, the, the similar similar principles exist. Cristiano Ronaldo and, and Lionel Messi may be superstar players capable of amazing things, but they still need ten other good players around them, otherwise they're not going to and achieve what they want I to know achieve in but,
0: but it's whether they think that... They think that they need those people
1: uh, Modern football
2: coaches are very definitely Looking into the backgrounds more and more of players Looking at the character of players See what injuries they've had, how quickly they came back They're not just looking at how good a footballer they are They're looking and, at that when that
0: doesn't work How keen are, the are they to, well. to exactly. And be selfless And funnily enough, I'll, I'll do two more NFL points And then we'll, no, then we'll stop the NFL Scouting in the NFL is very much like that They if will you spend wanna... a lot of time researching their background Their family, yeah, yeah. What, what part of the country they're from What their schooling was like how they responded to the fact that they were a superstar athlete did they manage to keep their grades up all that sort of stuff is built in and the draft is coming up for the nfl they would have spent almost as much time checking that out spending time with them than they would have done looking at the tape of them and seeing how adept they are if you
1: are if you're listening to us at work and perhaps have an important email to send, then perhaps now would be the time to do it whilst you can to menu about the <laughs> At gmail.com,
0: or do you mean to your boss, <laughs> yeah. to say, I'm sorry, I'm listening to a podcast at work and I'm not doing my work. And the other point is, is and, and it's, again, just a launch point for, for a wider discussion, and we'll rattle through two or three more before finishing, is that the Seattle Seahawks, who have... A very famous defense over the last five years or so. Um, defense. defense or defense, defense, because it's america oh, This D is defense, defense. How many e's it's, in defense? It's, it's a, it's oh. a D and then a fence. That's how they do when they. and then yeah, a, yeah, and a white picket fence.
1: So D. they have a defense, defense an offense, 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 and those who sit on the fence. <laughs>
0: yes, exactly. Yes, but you don't live in America yet, you still call it defense. Um, yes, yeah, so exactly. this, this, funnily yes. well enough, is a whole other podcast. Good. And I'm sure we'll do it at some point in the future where you lambast me for trying to say that. But then I'm your eyes failing. your eyes are lighting up, so clearly you're gonna slap me down <laughs> later on, aren't you? <laughs> I'll prepare something. He's already yes. got the script written for have have it, Go on, anyway, defence. So yes. Seattle Seahawks had um, the Legion of Boom, it's called famous the famous what?
1: defense, the Legion of Boom. Boom. You're just gonna have to let him get to the point Legion of be all day.
0: Boom. And they they won the Super Bowl, but they their defence is good because yeah, they've got good players. But also the head coach, Pete Carroll taught them how to, with the defensive coordinator, Dan Quinn, taught them how to tackle like rugby players. Because the Mm. way the NFL players tackle, because they've got the shoulder pads, is basically just, I'm going to stand in your way and I'm going to bash you. But they taught them how to tackle like rugby players. So is there a technical aspect Ah. of other... And you hear about it from Eddie Jones, the England rugby union coach. He goes in and talks to all these other sports to find out whether there's... Tiny little things. Whether it's preparation, mentally, physically, training techniques that he yeah. can learn from other teams. Well, yeah. is, is there something that you think football can benefit from you from to, other sports in terms of technique? You seem to hear
2: all these stories, don't you, about other sports going into other sports to pick Ooh. up these tips? And Eddie Jones did an amazing job with the England rugby team. But you always hear these stories of him going off and watching other teams and other sports, Coating how they speak to their players and how they, you know, diet and everything. Do do football? That's what do football coaches, the top coaches. Do stuff like that? Do, do they go out into other sports? Gareth Southgate absorb- apparently
1: has been. Yeah, Gareth, Gareth Southgate spent some time with Eddie Jones, didn't he, during the Six Nations, and then Eddie Jones was with, was with England ahead of um, one of the recent international breaks, so they sort of didn't swap he come roles. In, I think he came in and a little, did a yeah. talk
2: to the England players, and they're all blown away by what he came out with. But you thinking, wait a minute, shouldn't he be hearing that type of stuff? Shouldn't the players be hearing that type of stuff from their own? bosses, not saying Gary Southgate isn't doing a great job but if someone's coming in and talking in a certain way or, or talking about things that the players never heard before shouldn't they be getting some of that or maybe that's what the coach is trying to do, absorb this in and then use it themselves on their own players
1: in their own sport. But this is hugely influential and impressive characters mm. can can offer all sorts of tips from Not just different sports, but different industries, can't they? I mean, Sir David Brailsford from British Cycling, he's certainly been utilised by other sports in terms of the things he's put in place to to generate success with British Cycling and, and more recently Team Sky... There's certainly been crossover in the past from rugby with Sir Clive Woodward, hasn't he? Who's even had a spell in in quite a, uh, a senior position at Southampton in, in terms of run, helping to run the football club, yeah. which didn't necessarily work out. But you could see why that was an attractive idea that somebody would be able to bring. And then he went to the, the BOA and, and he was in charge
0: yes, of, of the BOA for the for the Olympics in 2012.
1: But technically, from fo- I'm, do you do think
2: it's football, difficult? sometimes thinks, "Well, we've got it so right; we don't really need any help." Well, does, does it? That, I don't. Well, that's what I, of course, I think it does. Absolutely, it does. And I'm a big. I've watched so much rugby, and I listen to the way that the ex-players talk and, and the coaches talk, and it's stuff that really I tune into and think that would be fabulous if you could kind of transfer that over. And if modern footballers were able to take it on board, and that is an issue as well. How interested? Ninety percent of players would be in all this. I'm really interested in it, but you do have to have a bit of a brain, Football. which I clearly have. You know, <laughs> just a you bit. Bit. <laughs> I think someone at maybe 19, 20 someone coming in and trying to be really technical and saying sit and watch this video. We're going to discuss things for three hours. <laughs> They'll think automatically just switch off.
0: But that is a huge part of that. Might of be another the too. Willingness to learn. <laughs> uh, do we have any quick, uh, quick round ideas that we'd like to just throw? each other's way. A couple that i nick from
1: America, or a, a sport that is very popular in North America, um, from ice hockey. Oh, it's always banging on about There's ice. One.
0: It's NFL, it's all the time. Oh. NHL, I'm it's thinking,
1: NHL. I'm actually thinking what? of Andy in this regard. Really? How many times in your career, Andy, did you get an unlucky deflection on a shot and it went down as an own goal against you? You didn't want that, did you? <sighs> they, weren't, they didn't tend to be deflections. I tend to, to, to oh, absolutely mean it. Absolutely <laughs> bosh it in. <laughs> <laughs> Something I quite like well, yes. about, okay, go about ice hockey is that the credit for the goal always goes to the last attacking player who touched the puck doesn't matter whether it took a deflection hit a defender on its way in was fumbled over the line by the goalkeeper the goal is credited to the last attacking player to touch the puck and i think that would be really and that's good that's right yeah i think and i think that makes sense because if you're if you're a footballer how many times have you had a goal bound shot that was deflected just wide clipped the outside of the post the goalkeeper pulled off a world of a save to deny you a goal. That probably happens more often than a, you have a shot that gets deflected in. So these things generally a, even themselves out. If a fullback comes forward, whips a cross in, and a centre half
2: wildly slashes it past his own goalkeeper, you're saying the goal is credited i, I say to... give, give the credit to the fullback for his excellent play. But without the inter- without the horrendous piece of
1: defensive work, the ball would yeah, end that, up in the net. But that horrendous piece of defensive work yes. came about as a consequence of, of a, sublime piece of, of a <laughs> sublime, sublime piece of offensive work. Because I scored a terrific own goal uh, for Everton against
2: Nottingham Forest. A corner, corner whipped in. It's travelling along the, across the six-yard box, and I'm facing. The wrong way. That's probably where the problems <laughs> lay. I had to get back past my own goalkeeper. Now it, you're saying, well, the corner taker then gets the yeah. credit when? Why
0: not? The ball's not even on target. I'm interested that you are picking out an example of a horrendous own goal and yes. not a, as Steve I think was hinting at, a wonderful full back cross that resulted in an own goal because clearly that never happened. It, I put in some wonderful crosses that resulted in own goals. No, not there even goals. Go. Not even goals
1: I just think it, it, yeah. it, clears, it clears it up. It w- we could get rid of this dubious G- goals panel, which is—I'd like to say—which is a dubious panel, which is, is like—is a, <laughs> like, a job I would like to have, <laughs> because you? I believe that they all sit in a in a nice club somewhere in West oh, London, be drinking brandy, oh, smoking cigars, looking over the footage on a grainy There's old television. Wing, Regis, wing back Regis back Regis at Manchester Airport—that's oh, where they go. <laughs> so know, it just clears that all up. And another one that I would take from ice hockey, by the way, which they've done in the NHL over the last couple of seasons, if the game goes to overtime or extra time normally have five goalkeeper five skaters out on the ice during regulation play they lose two skaters each for, for overtime for extra time as ah, they look for a winner yeah and it just works brilliantly they go at each other end to end for five minutes and very very often it creates a winning goal like i would yeah. like to see yeah that's good pl- in like extra seven time seven a
0: aside in yes, football seven aside
1: they're knackered but it opens aside. things up not maybe not maybe lose a couple of players each for extra time d- David one <laughs> but it might it might it, tactically it would be fascinating as yeah, well yeah, wouldn't it because yeah. a coach would have to think which which two players do I sacrifice? Mm. I just think you're more likely to get a winning goal in extra time if there are fewer, fewer players. players Absolutely, I like that. Yes, but you know I'm a big fan of the claxon. I think I've mentioned
2: the klaxon <laughs> yeah, before, we, Haven't I, I, I feel like we're <laughs> treading on the toes <laughs> no, no, of the previous Yes, podcast. we are. But independent timekeepers. Who doesn't love a good man? <laughs> <laughs> at the end of the game You've got to Don't have that practice. Especially you if you're going to do, gonna do it so, is that good that? Yeah. But also Look at rugby as well In terms of, of Looking at um, TV replays In terms of the, the really big issues Whether it's a try in, in rugby or a goal Or a penalty Or a red card We have to be referring each of them whether referee is right or wrong, refer it for someone to look at, because what I'm a big, you know I'm a big advocate of having the fairest reflection of 90 minutes of football that you could possibly get, and to me the big decisions like penalties or not, red cards or not, they have to be referred and looked at, those decisions have to be got right. I don't know whether you saw the Celtic against Ross County game. Oh yes. The dive. Yes. I've, only, I've only watched have it back a couple it? of times. But now, we- I'm sorry, but that cannot be allowed to stand, it, and he didn't stand because he dived, but <laughs> that can be cleared up within two seconds because it's laughably bad and we can't necessarily blame the officials because maybe they saw that from the angles they were, there's a reason why they get but it should
0: never in a million years be given. Can you so that's a classic example and there's, there's hundreds of them. Can you remember on a previous podcast they used the word egregious and you said, egregious? What the hell's that? That was a character in Star Wars. That <laughs> <laughs> general, general <laughs> egregious. Really yes. um, the, uh, that is an example of yes. an egregious refereeing error. Right, so the so way to sort that out is to say, you, right, you, you stop the to game, game.
2: you're going you actually You've given a penalty we we can assess that
1: very quickly that Surely is coming that is coming in this video assistant referee trials coming? that they've been having in in quite a few european leagues penalty area mm. incidents so that would fall under a penalty area incident so you're not making a hollow promise
2: this refu- is you
0: I can have this cast we still need still it coming. you're it absolutely says?
1: right you need it but it is coming
0: and with that we move on to the the final moments of our podcast and they would not be the final moments without never mind jack and nori what a soccer story this is when andy tells his tale from his playing days that has had all adult behavior and libel worthy details removed before you go andy i want to remind everybody that they can indeed send questions to andy by uh, using the hashtag #AskChinch. ask chinch do keep them coming we'll do more of them soon you can send them to at set menu or just send us an email um to set menu at gmail.com with that little bit of housekeeping done andrew yes i'll take you back through the mists of time
2: to 1994.
0: Oh, the year before you won the FA Cup? Did is I that
2: win right? Yes, I did. Yes, I did. This was the year before. The prelude. The and preparation time. Preparation, yes. I didn't realise, but that, that is exactly what it was. There was a wonderful man and manager that came to Everton. He was only there 10 months in 1994. Mike Walker. Now, it, it had some success with with Norwich City, so that's probably why he got the job at Everton. And... He was only there for 10 months. I was having a difficult time in my personal life. Not what you're thinking. It was something that... that, came later. That came later. So I didn't... I wasn't playing a lot. So I managed to observe quite a lot of what was going on. Now, Mike Walker came with a fairly serious tan... It was Dickinson stroke Winton. It was on that, that kind of mahogany fence <laughs> panel level already. But, Before uh, the varnishing. Yes. But what he benefited from, his time at Everton, because it was, you know, it was a good chunk of the summer there, so maybe that's part of the reason that he
1: joined. But anyway... Does, does Finch Farm have its own much? It's not Finch Farm it, wasn't it wasn't Finch, Farm, Finch Farm, it was Finch Farm, Belfield. This was going to be part Farm. of my story. No. Belfield
2: was the old Everton training ground, and it was kind of a, a walled training ground, and there was kind of houses on the outside, and we had the kind of training pitches, um, the big main building with the cafeteria and everything and and the the manager's office, Mike Walker's office was on the corner of the building and it was a a little bit of a sun trap, well what was a sun trap was at the bottom, so you can can kind of go down to the bottom of the building, go out, underneath the manager's window was one of the hottest parts of the Belfield training ground. I mentioned the tan. You see where I'm going with this? There was one day after training. <laughs> Must have been about half past 12. It was a glorious. It was May or something like that, late May. Beautiful day. So we all come out of training and we get the whisper, you've got to see this, you've got to see this. So we all go around, all sneak around the corner of the training complex. Mike Walker has put out one of his bath sheets. You know those big towels you get? <laughs> laid it out on the, on the corner of the training pitch and it's lay, <laughs> sunbathing. <laughs> sunbathing, a Premier League manager sunbathing. Just like, it, thank, thankfully he had a pair of say, shorts on. Just a pair of budgie smugglers. Budgie, on. <laughs> no, no, he didn't have the budgie. He had his the, the shorts. You know, they used to
1: roll your shorts up. There's a lot of players. Really uh, all, shorts, all shorts of uh, that particular era were pretty close to budgie smuggler, aren't no, they? Anyway? some of
2: them were some of them were baggier and he but he you know he went for the full V, you know, he really rolled them up. Oh, you know, and dropped the, the, the waist the, the waist belt down a little bit as well to get the full tannage. So there he is. So we're we we can not believe it. It gets worse as well because because there was a little five aside area which was right in the corner where the kind of the two walls met and this was real this was boiling hot but it was a little five side uh, pitch that we used on very special occasions. The, the, the turf was immaculate we very rarely used it but when we did it, we all loved being on there we were playing five aside so we didn't but the, the, this, the sun was hitting the wall at just the right kind of angle and again, Mike Walker's taking training. He can you can see him moving towards this wall and moving less and less. So he's in the middle doing all the you know pushing and shoving, telling people what to do. Eventually starts to slow his movements down and he starts backing up. Eventually, he's leaning against the wall, again rolls his shorts off, then takes his top off. In the middle of a training session. So we're all trying to pretend this isn't happening while carrying on. Tr- what? Did, what's he doing? <laughs> did he? Did he hollow in? This just is not like, Benidorm. Mark up, this is Andrew Belfield. He might well have been doing that, but it's hard to take prompts from a man who's taken his top off. And he's oh, because he's. We were looking
0: at this. His record
2: since he's not. It's not done very much. much it, has he? it would have been about
0: early fifties. Fifties. Yeah.
2: You know, I'm close to fifty, but I'm in fabulous condition. So <laughs> if I took my top off, you wouldn't be shocked, really. Apart from the tattoos, would you?
0: No I'd be shocked That, that you, you, you would be Taking off a diesel mm-hmm. top And not a super dry Do top Did you notice What I did yeah. today
2: Yeah You yeah. noticed that But to have A, a close on fit Of any mahogany Taking his top In the midst Of a training
1: session It's not on really
0: I can imagine him Being one of those people Who sits there With a, a reflective sheet Yes That would so, have been The next step That's <laughs> like what the, the tray was like for Like the,
1: uh, the character In Something About Mary Yeah was sat with A big uh, re- reflective board That's what the tray board. was for I knew he'd ask For that silver tray For a reason
2: <laughs> There wasn't to carry drinks <laughs> But mate, he was a love, don't get me wrong, he was a lovely man. I had lots of really nice chats with him, he's a lovely man. But his love of the sun. <laughs> maybe he'd lost his
1: focus slightly in terms of the job he should really have been doing
0: and then four months later sacked maybe that's, <laughs>
1: maybe that's why he never did get another job he could never find a training ground that quite matched his oh, high absolutely. standards he had, he had a little while at
0: Apoel Nicosia I think oh, so well, there you go there. that explains it <laughs> hey? uh, so thank you to Andy Hinchcliffe for yet another award-winning um soccer story uh talking of awards and winning them don't forget to go to britishpodcastawards.com vote this is uh, one of the last two podcasts that I can remind you so you getting a double reminder this time around um british podcast awards.com forward slash vote go to the listener award uh, listener choice award and uh, enter set piece menu give us a vote just so that we can try and chip away at the incredible lead no doubt the uh, kermode and mayo podcast has uh, on everybody else in the entire world uh, we're going to head off and i'm going to try and find one of those horses that have passed uh, and he's going to drink from steve's athletic bottle bottle i'm not sure that's water is that a gin? <laughs> <laughs> Something needs to get me through the 45 <laughs> minutes
1: I spend in your company every week.
0: And meanwhile, you please go and subscribe, share, and indeed review. Remember to review, please, the Set Piece Menu podcast as we humbly ask you to continue to find room for us in your podcast schedule. Anything you'd like to get in touch with us about, at Set Piece Menu on Twitter and setpiecemenu at gmail.com. Thank you to Steve and to Andy, and no thanks whatsoever to Rory Smith, but plenty to you for listening. We'll all be back. I promise all of us will be back with another set piece menu for you to enjoy very, very soon.
1: What we need to work on over the next couple of weeks is is finding some subjects to discuss that under no circumstances whatsoever can Hugh take an NFL tangent from.
2: I, I don't think that can happen, Steve. He'll always find be. a way to take it back to the Legion of Boom.
0: Just, just be well, Explain that to me. Just be, just be grateful that we didn't get round to salary caps and timeouts because there were two other ideas that I was going to steal. But I thought, you know, I'd, let's I'd, keep it at two or three.
1: I'd, I'd, I'd actually put quite Time a lot outs. of money on you bringing coaches' challenges
0: into the debate. I think I've mentioned that before, so I thought I'd better not do it twice. Timeouts are terrible. Because I'm not like Chinch, I don't repeat myself over and over and over again. I know, but when it's just an, cause an, cause oliver, yeah, when it's an idea as good that.
1: as a klaxon, you need to mention. It every other week, at the very least. But
0: a proper klaxon, not like a modern one. A real old-fashioned klaxon. What's a modern klaxon?
2: I don't know. <laughs> but there will be one, won't there? You know, kind of. T- it's been sanitised, hasn't it? You're so-